the Lord. We're here to give ourselves to Him. Amen. Good evening. God bless you. Good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight, especially as we observe the communion. And so we just want to go directly maybe to the Word. Maybe we'll just sing. Um, let me just, just sing one more chorus. Lord, I lift your name. Lord, I lift your name. If we can do that. Lord, I lift your name, your holy name. Lord, I lift your name, your holy name, God, Father, once again we come before you and Lord, we just desire to sit at your feet tonight. We just want to turn this service completely over to you. We want to take all of our attention, all of our thoughts, all of our everything. Lord, we ask that you would help us tonight, that we can see you a little better that we may know you a little better, that we may appreciate you a little bit more. Lord, it'll take an eternity. The angels won't know what we're singing about. But Lord, while we're on this side, we just want to say tonight, we want to express back to you maybe a fraction of what you've done for us. 
Would you come, Lord, make yourself known, reveal yourself to us, show yourself in a greater way. I pray your blessing on every home and every household. I pray on those that couldn't be with us, Lord, for whatever the reason, I pray your hand would be extended to them. And now, Lord, as we open the scripture, we invite you. Come, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. I'll invite you to turn to the book of John, John chapter 17. John chapter 17. I'll just read a portion of this and then I'll let you have your seats and then we'll continue reading a little further. But if we can just take these words and if we would remember this setting, I I believe this would have been taken in the Garden of Gethsemane. These would have been the expression uh, of God in prayer at this great hour at this junction. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may also glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. Now, this is, if I can draw the picture, he's recounting his journey. But we were a part of that journey. This wasn't just for himself. He's identifying. And now as he, in his flesh, is about to undergo the most... I I don't know what the words to describe, the most severe humiliation, agonizing death. Listen to his next words. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but I pray for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all thine, all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. God bless his word. You may have your seats. I'll ask you to keep your Bible open there. I want to read a little more of this. I'm going to speak in... I'm going to entitle this a continuation of this morning, the 
The Lord's portion is his people, but as a little subtitle, his desire for communion. And uh, I'll just follow that up, and I won't, we won't be lengthy, but I want us to take time to reflect. We're not going to be observing the foot washing tonight, so I want us just to, to think and reflect on the Lord if we can. In verse 12, he would go on to say, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture may be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, that these and these things I speak in the world, that they, that's us, might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I, I believe the communion is a time that we, we, uh, we don't just put on a sorrowful face and, and, and we, we just, we identify with his sufferings, but we also are rejoicing in what he has done for us. And he says, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy world, thy word, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so, I also send them into the world. And now, Brother Branham, he would read this, portion of scripture and in, a, in one message and he would make this comment about this next verse. He said, isn't this just the sweetest words? He would say, for their sakes, I sanctify myself and that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, until they all might be one. This is his ultimate goal, is a reunification, a, a, a oneness, a, a communion, a, a desire. If you think about the great God of heaven who dwelt alone, the Elohim, and he began to unfold himself and, and when he began to unfold himself in the Garden of Eden, and, he, and he, he was God, it was God, but when he changed his name to Lord God, that was a, a manifestation of Jehovah God. And Jehovah was one who exists with family. So once he went from the self-existing one and he began to move towards the, the thought of having a family, he would never retract because this was his best decision. This was his desire to have a communion, to have a fellowship, to be in, in harmony with his attributes. And, and, and he, he, he had angels, but he, he wanted man who, who would love him and adore him for what he really was. So he says, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given 
them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them, and thou hast loved me. So he's, he's doing all of these things. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He, he was the one. He knew his purpose. He knew his goal, goal when he came. Uh, you know, last, the last couple of years where they had the, the, the Chosen series, the, the movie, I, I, I've, you know, not all of it is, is completely that way, but I, what I've, I've loved about it is the, the expression, the thought, and how was it, you know, how were his disciples, and, and how was he in all of these things? And there's one scene that they come to, and, and he's, he's on a road somewhere, and he's passing by, and he sees, according to the Roman way, some crosses and some prisoners had been executed, and he catches it, and no doubt he's looking down through time. He didn't run from it, but he kept walking towards it. He, the Bible would say in the book of Hebrews, maybe a little ahead of where I'm going, but it would say, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despised the shame. What, what, what did he see? You know, he, somewhere down the road, this, this, Great desire for fellowship, for communion was pushing him. That we're separated. We, we, we can't be. But if I come, if I take their place, if I'm the bridge, we'll have eternal communion forever. This was the great goal. This was the great desire of God being expressed in flesh. And now, as he's done all of this, verse 24... Now he makes almost what seemingly is a personal request. Something, if I could have one thing, one thing. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. That thou mayst behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So he's, he's including us in, in this very effort. This wasn't, wasn't just, well, I'll go down. Maybe somebody will feel sorry. No, he came for the express purpose of everyone whose name was written in the book. He knew our name as, as the song was so sung. He knew our name. And, and in his mind, he's thinking of them. And he's thinking of them as he's going to this place. And he's desiring this. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and I will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Now, we are coming up to the Easter weekend, and I think it's a time that we, we want to reflect, and so having the communion, but I would just say maybe what we don't come to fully in the communion as we come to Easter and we remember him and we honor him and, 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 and we identify with it, 
I, I want to take some things from a message Brother Branham spoke. It was not actually spoken at Easter time, though it would be an Easter message. And if you have a chance, I know it was a few years ago, I suggested this is a good tape to listen to, but it's entitled, That Day on Calvary. And Brother Branham is praying in his prayer, and he said, let us bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we know you're God after reading this sacred and holy word. We can see that your nature has not changed. Now just hold that for a moment. You are always God, and it seemed like Jesus was not going to get any help, that he was taken by wicked hands, hacked to pieces, spit on, mocked, and hanging on a cross, bleeding, dying, and it seemed like there was no help anywhere till he even cried himself, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But you act in the moment when, that when nothing else can act. And he, he, he's continuing in his prayer. We know, Lord, we're given to know that if we have any rivers we cannot cross or mountains we cannot go through, you specialize in things that others cannot do. And you are a specialist, and we know the reason of that day on Calvary. You being God, the infinite one, knew this hour must come. But when it was fulfilled, then you showed you were God. You showed who was boss. You shook the earth. The saints that slept in the ground came out. You blackened the sun in the night, in the darkness of the night, showing you were God. You seemed to be silent so long. Let us draw from this conclusion that as long as we are walking in the Spirit, led by the hand of God, no matter what seems to be wrong, God will speak in the right hour at the right time. And as he concludes his prayer, he says, Father, we ask forgiveness for our sins and our trespass. We ask for your spirit to lead us. Lead us as the dove led the lamb. Let us be obedient to whatever may befall us, knowing that this, that God does all, works all things well, and we know that it will be all right. Now, I'm, going to just, I'm just sharing a few quotations as I get to my thought and I thought this was so good. In, in this <clears throat> message, Brother Branham, he just focuses on Calvary. He said, he said, Calvary should be remembered every day. We've read so much about it. Preachers has preached on it since the beginning of time. Singers have sung of it through the ages. Prophets foretold it 4,000 years before it happened. And the prophets of this day point back to when it did happen. It's such an important day. It's one of the most important days that God ever let dawn on the earth. Calvary, so important to the human race. I think it's good to go back and examine and see what it means to us. For I'm sure at the late hour we're living, we're seeking every importance of God we can know and all we can find out is to learn of it, to see what it is for us, what God has done for us, and see what he's promised to do. That's what he came to the church. Now, Brother Branham, in this message, and I'm, I'm not going to go through it all, but I want to just dwell on one aspect of it. He says, 
there is three important things. He said, see what it is for us and what God has done for us and see what he's promised to do for us. That's what he come to the church for. Now, I, I, I'm going to just read a little bit of it because I, I started to look at this and I thought, I can't say it as good as Brother Branham said it. And I almost felt like I should play this part of the tape, but if you feel led and you want to listen to this, I, whatever you do, if you pick a tape, I would just say on, on, on Good Friday, honor the Lord somewhere. Maybe it's in your morning devotion. Maybe it's listening to a tape together. Whatever you do, spend a little time with him and give him the honor because he deserves it. So he, he will start with this. He'll say there's three things, and I'll only go with the first one. He said, the great important thing that Calvary means to us in the world is it settled the sin question forever. He says, now, man was found guilty of sin. Sin was a penalty no one could pay. The penalty was so great, there wasn't anyone could pay the penalty. Now, I don't care who we are, how good we, the life we've lived. We were sinners by nature. We, we, we would run into sin. We would go headlong into it. But and there was not one way of us to ever get back to God. Sin question. Man was separated from God. He says, I truly, the penalty was so great, there was no one that could pay the penalty. No man could pay it. The only one who could do it was he himself. We were all born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking of lies. Not one of us worthy. Everyone that was on there was no one we could find on the earth that was worthy. Now he, he just goes back for a few moments and he says, when sin struck the earth, it was like a sheet of blackness falling from heaven. It paralyzed the earth. It threw every creature on the earth, all of God's creation in bondage. Man was under the bondage of death and sickness and troubles and sorrow. All nature fell. And he says, sin was an anesthetic, an anesthetic that actually paralyzed the earth. And we was set there hopeless. Every creature on earth was subject to it. Everyone born on earth was subject to it. So it had to come from some place where there was no sin. It could not come from the earth. I don't know if you've ever felt at times like Paul did in Romans when he would express and say, the things that I would do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I do. And there's times that we literally, I, I, we've made the promises to God. We, we see an element in our character or our humanity that's flawed and it causes us grief and it causes us trouble. And we've said, okay, I'm, I'm never going to do that again. And a day later or half a day or whatever, here we are doing it again. And I don't know, it can be the greatest source of frustration. It, it can be where something has got a hold of you and you can't, you can't let, you can't break it yourself. Yeah. I, 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 I trust you can identify with this. I, we, we all have this somewhere. Yeah. Where, we're, where we're trying to overcome something and, 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 and yet it seems like we just... We go so far and then we fall back. And we go so far and we fall back. And, and, and yet we, you know, it can be so frustrating. And it says not one of us could redeem the other. It says 
Man, when he realized he was separated from God, he became a wanderer. They wept, they cried, they toiled. They wandered through the mountains and through the desert, seeking a builder and maker who's, who was God. If they could ever get back in the presence of God, they could talk it over with him. But there was no way back. He was lost. He didn't know which way to turn. So he just took out wandering, trying to find somewhere that he could find a way back to that place. Something on the inside of him told him there was that place, a place that was perfect. Brother Branham would talk about how we as people, we, we run into things, we to, to try to fill that, that emptiness inside, that void that's there, that, that place of satisfaction. You know, we, we can't, it, it seems like no matter what we would do, it, it's not, it, it doesn't, there's a part that only God can fulfill. There's only a peace that God can give. And, and no matter what we run into and whatever you enjoy, and I'll escape to the mountains. That's temporal. And, 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 you, and you, 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 you come or you find it. Uh, there, there's got to be an antidote. And Brother Bram says, some young lady will find another young lady that's more popular, better dressed, and, and she'll dress in a way that's better. In, it's something in us that's seeking for something. A neighbor will find a house that looks better than his. He says that's something we're seeking for. It shows we're lost. It, we want to find something that will bring satisfaction. It'll fill that spot of hunger, but it seems like we can't find it. Human beings have tried through the ages. They've wept for it. They've cried. They've done everything. He says, and, and he says they, they're wandering. They don't know what to do. Now, could you imagine if, if we were left in that state? And here's man just seemingly beating their head against the wall. And then Brother Branham takes this drama as he takes it, and he says, finally one day. That's that day at Calvary. There was one who came down from glory, one by the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God who came down from glory, and Calvary was formed. That was the day when the price was paid. The sin question was settled forever. And it opened the way into this thing that we're hungering and thirsting for. It brought a place of satisfaction. Whatever, you, whatever prison house you may find yourself in, whatever chains or circumstances, I will say to you that they're just a bluff of Satan. Why? Because the way has been opened again. God opened that way. He broke every veil of darkness. He defeated everything that the enemy could bind us with. And I'd say it's available to us today. It's settled forever. He was on the cross and he said, it is finished. It's over. And he's never going to have to go back there again. He says there's no man that ever could visit Calvary and see it the way it was and ever be the same. I was reading an account of Frank Bartleman and he had a man who was with him in the early 1900s, sort of at the height of the Zuza's revival, and he was into prayer, and he, de he describes an account 
where they were so deep in prayer and burdened by the sins of the city. And, and he says it seemed like something opened and they could see Calvary for the first time. And all that it did, and, and, he, and he said they wept uncontrollably. Listen to Brother Branham's account of when he was out on that sage field and he was crying for his father and weeping for him. And then he, he saw the Lord standing there above the ground and he began to see and, and, and he, see the, the breeze and he looked and he said, Jesus? And he said, he turned to look at me and he says, he broke down. He said, it had the character of, of, of thousands. It was so rich. It was so telling. And he said he, he woke up and he found himself sobbing. Friends, this isn't just emotion. This is reality. This is the God that came down to our level. He became me so that I might become him by grace. He said, a man that comes that way can never be the same. Everything he ever desired or longed for is met when he reaches that place. It's such an important day. It shook the world like never before when Jesus died at Calvary. The sinful world had a blackout. He said the sun went down in the middle of the day. It was a nervous prostration. Rocks shook, mountains rent, dead bodies burst from the grave. God zeroed in on Calvary. Now listen to these words. He wounded that animal called Satan forever. Satan was knocked out at Calvary. The earth proved it was. The greatest price that ever was paid. The only one who could pay it. Come and done it at Calvary. That's the great price that was paid. Now, I, I'm, I'm just going to... Just give me a, we don't have foot washing. I'm going to take just a few more minutes. It won't be much longer, but I, I do want to just, just bring out a couple more things if I can. And uh, let me just take what Brother Branham speaks, and I, I want you to think not just of the Lord in his earthly dwelling, not just of a man who walked here, but I want you to look what came in, what was expressed to him. Because Brother Branham said, his nature is always the same. He said, I thought God, he was young as a Christian, he said, I thought God hated me, but Jesus loved me. He said, I came to find out Jesus was the heart of God. God is a good God. Some of you will know from earlier this week these thoughts as I bring them. He said, he's talking about the light of God and how it came down. It said, Christ is the diamond. He's the one who came. Now, he, he's, before I go further with that, he says, can you imagine before there ever was an earth, a light, before there was a star, there was a great fountain going forth of the Spirit, and out of this fountain came the most pure love. Because there was nothing for it to come to, come from, but love. And he says, what we call love today is a perverted love. But he says, we got a little essence or a little bit. But he says, when you think about that great purity of love. Now, 
whatever we say love is, the Bible would come and tell us, uh, you know, love is only expressed sometimes in extreme situations. And I think it was in, in the book of John that it would say, uh, no greater love has any man than he gives his life for another. That's, that's an epitome of love. I'll, I'll take your place. Now just think about what it would take to come to that. And now, don't just think about that on us as equals, because, you know, we're on an equal level. But now take one that's millions times higher than us, and he says, I love you so much, I'm going to give my life. I'm going to take my robes of splendor. I'm going to lay them down. And I'm going to come to the lowest of the low of the low. And I'm going to take your place because I love you so much. And I want to be with you. I can't imagine heaven. I can't imagine eternity without you. So here's this fountain of love that was in God and yet it wasn't expressed fully and he says there was off this stream this fountain was also this thing called righteousness absolutely righteousness that was also a part of this great light this great fountain as brother Branham calls it you'll find this in the message Hebrews chapter 1 he said that's the reason we have to have a law. God's righteousness demands a law. He, he, he can't change his nature. He, he, it has to be a law. He, he can't bend. He can't do that. It is who he is. And he says, and if the law is broken, it has to have judgment. And, or else if it doesn't have judgment, the law is no good. And when judgment is passed by the law, which brings death, there was no one that could pay the penalty but God himself. And it said, so all these great lights, these great rays of the Spirit, there it was. There was no suffering. There was no hate, no malice. It all came from this fountain. Now, in this message, Brother Branham would go a little further, and he called that a diamond because as a light passed through the diamond, it brought so many different parts. But in order for this diamond to be effective, this diamond would have to be cut. It would have to be chipped. It would have to be cut so perfectly till it could express a light back upon others. So this great diamond, this great fountain, this great one, he allowed himself to be cut. And he allowed himself to be cut for our benefit. His ways are beyond our ways. They're past our understanding. To think that one would come from heaven to visit one poor lost sinner is more than I can understand. Oh, friends, we're going we're to come before him one day and we're going to realize how, how little we were and how much he did. But I believe we can have a little bit of that today. I believe we can have a little to appreciate him today. He said, man of all ages has tried to explain the great love of God. There's, it's as fathomless as the skies is. There's no way to ever try to where any man could explain the depths, depths of this love. For God is love. His very being is love. 
and he is the fountain of love. So just take my thoughts down now these last couple minutes. Brother Branham would, would talk about the wise men that brought gifts to Jesus at his birth. And there was, and you think about what was in these men, each was anointed differently, but each represented a portion of this diamond that was cut. And he says they they would bring gifts, and he says it was frankincense and myrrh and gold. And he says each one of these represented something. Frankincense was the offering of service to Jehovah. And he brings scriptures and he talks about him through the Old Testament. His life was so anointed to Jehovah's service. Before he ever went to Calvary, he was given to man. He was given to widows who had dead. He was given to the little children. He was given to identify before he ever, ever, ever went to the cross. This service, this, this part of him, this, this anointing that was upon him. And I say this, friends, he's still the same today. How many times do we sin? And how many times do we do wrong? And how many times does a brother do wrong? And yet, and, and we in our, our righteousness would condemn them. But then the Spirit of God comes down and we go on our knees in prayer and we say, oh God, have mercy. Don't, don't, don't do it. That's not you. That's him in you. That's the same God again. How many times when we stumble, God anoints somebody to pray for us. How many times when we do wrong, does he come in his grace? This is before Calvary. This is after Calvary. It's him. His nature has never changed. He was Jehovah's servant. That's what the frankincense was for. Myrrh was the anointing of death. Somebody had to anoint him. Somebody had to die. This myrrh was showing that that he was anointed. There was a woman, I won't take time, but she came to anoint him. And they tried to stop him and he said, don't do it. She's doing this to anoint me for my burial, for my death. The myrrh that was upon him. Sometimes that still falls on his bride. Sometimes we're killed. Sometimes we're looked down on. But it's a part of him. And the last part, as Brother Abraham says, was the deity, the gold that spoke of his deity. He said... These magi, they were inspired of God. They weren't imagining things. They identified a part of him and their testimony spoke spoke of the supernatural. In Philippians chapter two, it says in verse seven, he made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. I'm not going to read from Matthew chapter 27. You can read that, how he came to the cross, and how he was beaten and thorns were given. And, and, and while he was on the cross, they were railing against him, 
speaking against him. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. And as, as his hands were put out, and, and as the nails went through his hands, there was a scripture that was being fulfilled. And it was in Isaiah chapter 49. And it would say in Isaiah 49, can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? They may forget, yet I will never forget you. I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. He allowed those nails to go through those palms. And he was remembering us at that moment. Friends, this is not so we feel sorry for him. This was him fully identifying with us. Read one more scripture here. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It said, He has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, I, I want you to take this because in the church age book, Brother Branham says, if you believe one of them, then you've got to believe the other one. And if you believe that he was the propitiation of our sins, then you've also got to believe he did that so we might become the righteousness of God. How can you ever go anywhere and say, you know, I, I, I'm something. No, we are nothing except what he has made us. And he has written on our, on our words, of our mouth, on our thoughts, in our attitudes. It, 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 how can you, if you're really walking with him, how can you be haughty? How can you have just a religious feeling, but how can you not just want to be more like him? I believe if we identify with him, how he was, his nature, his characteristics. Listen, if you have a chance, maybe, maybe this Friday or through this week, weekend, if you do, listen to the rest of the message on that day of Calvary. Because I just touched on one element. Brother Branham takes two more. And if you want, you, you listen to that. But it's, it's wonderful what God did for us. Let's have the musicians come. He became me that I might become him by grace. If you can think of it, the greatest trade-off that ever was. You know, Jesus gave, Pilate actually gave the Jews an opportunity. He said to them, he said, you know, there, you have a custom every year at the Passover. I can release one among you. Why don't you release this one here? And the Jews, so blinded, they said, no, 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 not him. Release Barabbas, the worst, the most wretched that there was. Release him. Could you imagine Barabbas? They came to him and said, they are releasing you today. They're releasing me? <laughs> I'm a murderer. I've done everything wrong. What, 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 what is it? How come me? Because they don't want to release him. They're releasing you. Oh, friends, what a trade-off. What a place 
I, I couldn't imagine what went through them at that time. But that should have been you. That should have been me. Do you love him? We're going to take some time to worship. We're going to observe the communion. But why don't you think on these things? Think on what it means to you. Let's just sing, He became me that I might become him by grace. He became me so that I might become him by grace. Oh, he became me so that I might become him by grace. or the magicians are going to be singing. If you could make your way up right now. We're going to turn to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is Paul speaking on the observance of the communion and the importance of it. We know that baptism is one of them. The, the, the ordinances to keep. Communion is another. And foot washing is another. We won't be observing the foot washing, but we, we will in, the, in, in due time. But at this season, we're not going to do it. We're going to go just and read about the communion. So 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Paul says, For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. We're remembering the Lord tonight. After the same manner, he took the cup which he supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye 
as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth, you show the Lord's death till he come. Our lives are engraven in his hands. We are, we, we are nothing without Calvary. We're nothing without this sacrifice. He paid it all. Therefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. So we don't take this haphazardly. We also are not in fear to do it. And as we mentioned this morning, and as our brother Mike prayed, it's not us that's under examination as per se, as it is the lamb that has stood for us. That lamb, Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Listen, Pilate said that. And we can say, he was a perfect sacrifice. He's my sacrifice. And the communion is, is a sign that I'm a believer and I'm walking in it. I'm feeding on the word. I'm under the blood and this is us identifying with it. We'll never be perfect in ourselves. We're all going to have mistakes. But we come to that fountain tonight. I'm going to have the brethren sing. And I'm going to ask Brother Alan, Brother Jake to come forward. We'll break the bread. But you go ahead and sing what's appropriate. Down at the cross where my Savior died Down where for cleansing from sin I cried There to my heart was the blood applied Glory to So sweetly abides within there at the cross where he took me. Oh, glory to his name. Glory to his name. 
just all bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we hold in our hands this bread, this unleavened bread, representative of your body, Lord, and as a symbol, broken for us, broken into many pieces, Lord, and each one here represents a part of that body. And we thank you that you thought of us. We thank you, O Lord, that your identification was with us. Lord, we hold here also the wine that is representative of the blood that was spilt. Father, we want to thank you. Cause us, Lord, that we may know that which you've done for us. And Lord, as we come through and we partake of this tonight, I pray, O God, as it's been said, it was... In that cup, when Israel was in the journey, the manna, there, there was healing, O oh Lord, with the bread that you provided, with the cup that you provided. Lord, may if any be sick, there'd be a healing that would be imparted to them. If there be anything, the devil would be tormenting. Father, as we take this, we fully identify with you. May you fully identify with your people, O oh Lord. Father, we give you thanks. We ask your blessing for each one that's coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Jesus. 
It white as snow. 